there was one time he had some crayons and all of a sudden he was just shouting like he he was shouting random like he chucking chucking these crayons and then shouting words okay he he threw something and he went ink and then he threw another one and he went ooh <laughs> and i was like oh my god he's saying the colors and my husband was like no he's not he's not saying the colors don't be silly he can't how can he say the colors he doesn't even say his name how is he going to say colors because he is and i held another one up and i said oh you saw what color is this and he went brown and i was like oh my god he knows his colors he knows his colors like it was so it was such a nice feeling and i felt like he's only learned those colors from watching these repetitive youtube videos what origin from muse to manifestation exploring why and how people create things since we're kind of unknown, the first few podcasts are going to be about us, the hosts and creators of What Origin. In this, I feature my co-host, Shiloh, and she talks about creating a family, kids. We will be improving the audio quality in the future and working towards having better editing. Uh, we're learning as we go, but we appreciate all our new listeners and if you're catching up on this later, you know, thank you for learning about the show. You can find out more at whatorigin.com, and it's available on all of the popular streaming platforms. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. If you had to talk to yourself five years ago before you had the kid, yeah. what kind of like words of wisdom and advice would you have given yourself that you've learned now? Well, you know, um, What would you tell yourself so that you could be more prepared? Um, I probably would say um, to myself, don't go back to work. That's the first thing. That's the first thing. Secondly, well, don't, don't go back to a work that requires you to leave the house so early and everything else, but and come back so late in the evening. But secondly, most importantly, I spent a lot of time worrying about how my child compared to other kids, and that really affected me. So because he was like a fussy eater I'd get up in the morning and have a, I'd have anxiety that I can't even you know I don't know if he's going to eat um why is he not eating and I'd pressure myself and then there'd be that other people you know like all these sort of external sort of messages from everybody else with all their recommendations oh you know he should be sleeping in a cot he should be doing this by now he should be doing this by now. and because there was that pressure for example for him to have a certain bedtime I would, you know, I'd put that pressure on myself. And, you know, if I didn't meet that unexpected target or that goal of him sleeping in his own bed, I'd beat myself up for it. And I'd hate myself for it. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I can't even get my kid to bed on time. Or I just doesn't want to eat because it's my fault. I didn't, you know, give him boiled carrots when he was three months, you know, I waited a month later or whatever. But you kind of blame yourself and you retrace what you did and think oh where did I go wrong but really that kid is going to grow at whatever pace he wants to grow he's going to do he's going to sleep you know through the night when he wants to sleep through the night I felt like there was so much pressure I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to meet you know society's norms that people were you know joking at me and I couldn't I couldn't keep up to them and it and it really brought me down and I think with my second one I didn't do that so when people said oh does she sleep in your bed yes she does oh she should be sleeping in a cot yeah I don't care she doesn't she will one day she'll sleep in her own bed one day but right now she sleeps in my bed because I like it I'm gonna cuddle her because she's my I'm not having any more kids I'm gonna cuddle this baby to sleep if I want because I want to cuddle her that's it and there was this whole oh, don't keep picking your child up 
don't keep people who say don't keep picking your child up they'll get in a bad habit I was like getting a bad habit of what affection if my kid wants affection I don't think that's a bad thing if my crave my, my child craves a cuddle I think that's a lovely thing I don't think that she's going to want to create she's not going to crave a cuddle when she's 10 years old you know she's craving a cuddle right now and that's her time for me to give her that time and that affection so I'm not going to feel bad for my child being a needy child do you know what I mean yeah I do so I think what started this was this joke that I sent, and I'm not sure what it's from, but it's it's a woman and a man, the man sitting at the desk reading a resume, and he says, I see on your resume that your last position as a stay-at-home mom included system management, financial planning, clinical diagnosis, arbitration, family therapy, computer support, and strategic thinking. I, I thought that was actually true, because as a mom, you do have to do system management, financial planning for the kids, clinical diagnosis, so if they're sick, they're sick all the time and arbitration mm-hmm. with do you feel like it is the hardest job yeah definitely um so i think that the hardest part about it is that people tell you like when not you because you're a guy but people who tell you when you're pregnant or oh, make the most of your sleep you won't you know make the most of your sleep because when you get a kid you, there's no such thing as an early night or a lying and you kind of think yeah 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 you know maybe for a bit I won't have any sleep. But when my child starts sleeping through, I'll be all right. But it's not the case. Like, they just constantly, <laughs> just constantly have all this, you know, energy, even throughout the day. You know, this they've got so much energy. And then it comes to their bedtime and you're like, okay, you know, they've been bouncing off the walls all day. I've taken them to the play gym. I've fed them, you know, hoping that, you know, they've eaten so much that they can't move. Like, you know, if you have like a potato, like a jacket, jacket potato, what do you guys call a jacket potato, a baked potato? If you eat one of those, you get all sluggish, like you don't want to move, you're just like, I don't want to go to sleep. And I think that's what's going to happen to the kids and it doesn't. And then they're just like, my daughter, like she wants to lie in bed with me to go to sleep and she'll just be prodding my nose and my eyes and pulling my eyebrows. And then she needs the, the her pacify you guys call it pacify a dummy right to go to sleep and she'll just chuck it she'll just throw it away even though she needs it and then I have to switch the light on and look for it my point is like with kids you think it's going to get easier and it just doesn't when you've got one it's okay but then when like you kind of get used to it and then you make the mistake of having a second one (laughs) and then well I say mistake but it's just one thing after another, you know. They don't sleep through the night. They still want you there. You know, they'll wake up randomly in the middle of the night and stuff. But I do think that's the hardest thing, the sleep deprivation. Um, how old are your kids now? One's four and the other one's one and a half. So a four-year-old is nearly five. He's going to be five in March, so in three months' time. But he's still like a two-year-old. Like he has the same tantrums that he used to have when he was two. You know, like if we're in the car, he'll like drop something on the floor and because he can't pick it up, he'll just keep screaming and like then he'll start headbutting and, you know, backwards and things until you stop the car and pick up that toy car or whatever he's dropped on the floor. Are the things that the kids do that make you laugh, like falling or, or something like that? The other day, <laughs> yesterday, he was doing something with his hand. He was he was putting his thumb through his, like he's making a fist, right? Then he's putting his thumb through his his fingers right so it's like slotted in between underneath his index finger so I was like what are you doing and he said 
look, mummy, it's a wanker. <laughs> Don't know what he means. And then I was like, what? I like trying to ignore what he said. Like, well, I'm sort of in half in shock. Is it like, is that what he's really said? And he said, yeah, mummy, it's a little wanker. <laughs> <laughs> so like it's just these random things that he picks up from school um but yeah he always they make you laugh all day like he'll say the funniest things all day but when they have a tantrum he well when he has a tantrum he is relentless like you cannot there's just no switching that kid off he will just start headbutting and throwing things and like even if even if i'm driving on the motorway I've had to pull up on the motorway on the hard shoulder to pick up a car or something that's on the floor. Or like if he's on the iPad and my, you know, the, the connections come off because I normally like tether the, the Wi-Fi or whatever. If it switches off, then that's it. Oh, my God. It seems like technology has kind of made it a lot easier for parents, though. Yeah, yeah. It just shuts them up with that sitting They're just there for hours. They can just sit there and entertain themselves for hours and watch these, you know, nursery rhymes in different languages or whatever. For hours, my my mum always says, oh, the kids just sit on the iPad all day. And I'm like, I'm sure he's used to make us sit in front of the TV all day. At least it's interactive. I don't, I don't see, I don't think it's as bad as what people make out. So my son, right, he is, he's got a speech delay. The reason why he's got these behavioural problems is he can't express himself because he couldn't talk until a very late, like, for kids, he's slow. So, like, he was meant to start talking and saying, like, two-word sentences when he was two years old. He started saying his two-word sentences when he was four years old. So he's always had an issue expressing himself, and he's not been able to talk or to be able to say, I need this or I need that. He would just scream. Or he'd, he'd have, like, say, three words in his vocabulary. So what I mean is he was able to... Okay, so he went to speech therapy for months. And he he had such a shorter attention span that whenever they do an activity with him in these group sessions or in these uh, speech therapy sessions, they couldn't get, you know, what they wanted out from him because he just wouldn't pay attention because he was like a, you know, like a one year old, like mentally at that point. So he couldn't really give them what they wanted in those sessions. So there was that feeling as a mother you feel oh my gosh like when's my kid going to be at the same level as his peers you know because my my I've got a few friends I had kids at the same time and you can see them you know being all independent and growing and talking and and you could see my son he was he was you know slower much slower and much delayed so there was one time he had some crayons and all of a sudden he was just shouting like he he was shouting random like he's chucking, chucking these crayons and then shouting words. Okay, he he threw something and he went ink, and then he threw another one and he went ooh, and I was like, oh my god, he's saying the colours. And my husband was like, no, he's not. He's not saying the colours. Don't be silly. He can't. How can he say the colours? He doesn't even say his name. How is he going to say colours? Because he is. And I held another one up and I said, oh, you saw what colour is this? And he went brown. And I was like, oh, my God, he knows his colours. He knows his colours. Like, it was so, it was such a nice feeling. And I felt like he's only learned those colours from watching these repetitive YouTube videos over and over again. But because he learned those colours, we were able to communicate, you know. So, for example, if he wanted a blanket, he'd say the colour of the blanket. He'd say, I need it. I need it. Brown one. That's what he would say. That's how he would demand things. 
Or if he dropped his car, you know, I said he'd drop a toy car in the back of the car or whatever. He'd start saying, I need it, I need it, blue one, blue one. Then I'd know what he's talking about. But otherwise, he would just be crying all the time and he'd have to guess what it was that he was crying about. But at least now you can narrow it down to like a colour. So for us, it was massive progress. And he learned all those colours from YouTube. He never learned it from anywhere else. I wasn't sitting there with him teaching him colours. You know, I was more concerned about him saying, my name is, you know, I wanted him to be able to have a conversation. So I kept concentrating on who my name is, but he had already learned these colours by himself. And I just think that was through YouTube. So yeah, I thank YouTube and, and iPads and, you know, all these devices. It, it did help us in a way. But also like there's apps on there that are really good. So like he's got some apps where he like creates words and he can he can read those words, even though they're not words that he would have read in a book, you know. So he on this app, he like recognises words visually. So if, for example, the word x-ray, like he knows the word x-ray or he knows the word birthday by looking at them. But this he started doing earlier on, you know, with the iPad before he even started school. Find out more at whatorigin.com. Thank you for listening to this episode and look forward to many more to come.